BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, hey. Breaking Beauty fam, welcome back to another episode of our show. I'm Jill Dunn, and I'm here with Carlene Higgins. Hey, Carlene. Hello. So if you're tuning in for the first time, our show is all about checking out what's good in the beauty world. Some weeks we're reviewing products. Some weeks we're talking to an epic founder about how they created their cult favorite products. And some weeks, like today, we're talking to incredible experts in the beauty field, whether that's a makeup artist or a hairstylist or an esthetician. That's right. And if you didn't catch our episode last week, we are actually celebrating our fifth year doing this. It's incredible. Happy Aww. anniversary again, Jill Dunn. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, and we have our Mad Cool merch. If you haven't checked it out yet, we will link to it in our show notes and on our blog. But we now have our damn good shirts available for everyone to wear because we all look Hashtag damn good. And yeah, I'm just so excited. That's right. And we created a whole master list of products that we've talked about over the last five years that really are on our, I guess, permanent top shelf, you would call it. So we've linked to that also on our website, which is breakingbeautypodcast.com. So, you know, enough about us. Let's get into today's chat, shall we? Yes. Today on the mic, we have Sophie Pavitt. She is a Welsh-born, New York City-based, licensed esthetician and the owner of Sophie Pavitt Skin, a facial studio located in downtown Manhattan. So let's be honest, I became completely obsessed with Sophie on Instagram. And if you guys haven't checked it out, we will absolutely link to it. But her bio on Instagram says she's the IRL face tuner, like consider me intrigued immediately. (laughs) And, you know, Sophie really, I think, became well known because of these incredible transformative acne before and after photos that she posts on her Instagram. And it's just incredible because she's focusing primarily on clients to clear their skin from concerns like acne, hyperpigmentation, even rosacea. And she is unique because she also works under the direction of a dermatologist in a med spa to provide more advanced treatments when required. Yeah. So, 
you know, this is amped up before and after like serious results driven facials that she's giving. She's changing people's lives out there. And I love the fact that her moniker is the IRL face tuner because it is about Mm -hmm. this idea of like getting rid of those filters and having real life results. It's just so refreshing in the world of beauty. Yes. And in fact, her results are so incredible and transformative that Glossier founder Emily Weiss recently name-checked Sophie as the person she trusted for her latest facial in a recent Vogue UK.com article pointing to those real results when she booked her. Emily's just like us. She's looking at the Instagram and being blown Mm -hmm. away as well. And Sophie, she's also been written about in The Cut, in Allure, and Into the Gloss. Birdie.com named her the Esthetician of the Year in 2021. Yeah, she's one to watch for sure. And not surprisingly, Sophie has a wait list, but she does have now five estheticians under her wings that, you know, are able to do what Sophie does in case you can't get in uh, to see Sophie herself. She also does virtual consultations, which I think is really cool. Those start at about $200 instead of the usual $350 for a consultation. We're going to talk about everything that that involves in today's episode just ahead. In today's episode, she even goes into the exact reason why acne starts in the first place and how she's able to completely transform clients. And many of these before and afters, I think I buried the lead here, She's never met these people in person. This is all often done virtually with her skin coaching, if you will. That's right. So we're going to get a little taste of that knowledge to use ourselves. The products she recommends as a baseline protocol, if you are dealing with acne, and there are many kinds uh, that she's going to talk about. Plus, we talk about in-office lasers and treatments she recommends if you're dealing with scarring. She talks about her thoughts on acne prescriptions, whether that's topical or in pill form. And we even round out the chat with a few of her ride or die sunscreen recommendations if you have oily or acneic skin and drugstore musts mm-hmm. as well. And finally, big news. I feel like we got a scoop. Carlene loves a scoop. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned to the end because a little birdie told us she's even working on her own line. So we asked her about that. Trust us, we are marking our calendar. So welcome, Sophie. <laughs> new must-have SPF alert in partnership with our friends at Murad. So Murad is a dermatologist-founded skincare brand. Naturally, leave it to a dermatologist brand to nail a sunscreen serum formulation. It was honestly love it for a swatch for me. So the product is called the Murad Correct and Protect Broad Spectrum SPF 45. It's a two-in-one innovation, and it really feels and corrects like a serum on your skin, and it protects with SPF. It's a 100% mineral SPF formula that's clinically proven to correct discoloration while preventing hyperpigmentation like dark spots and uneven skin tone. You have to check out some of the before and afters on their website. I was truly blown away. So what caught my attention about this product when I got it in my hands is that it's actually in a dropper bottle, which is very rare with a mineral sunscreen formula. So how you use it is you shake it before use and then I applied a liberal amount in the palm of my hands and then I applied it on my face. And I was very impressed with how this SPF protects without leaving behind a white cast. It really was invisible on my skin. There's no chalky finish. It didn't feel heavy. It didn't look greasy. Again, it's back to that sort of satin finish and my makeup went on brilliantly afterwards. So 
the good news is that we have a very special offer so you can try it for yourself. Shop Murad.com to save 20% off and get free shipping with your $60 purchase when you use our code BEAUTY. Again, that's Murad.com, M-U-R-A-D.com, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping with your $60 purchase when you use our code BEAUTY. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show. All right, Sophie, welcome to Breaking Beauty Podcast. First of all, I don't know if our, all of our listeners are familiar with you and your work. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the world of aesthetics? You used to work in fashion, right? Sure. Yeah, I did. I worked in fashion for a long time. I worked as a handbag designer for almost 16 years. And it was definitely something that I always loved to do. And one of my biggest passions with that would be traveling. And I've always been very obsessed with skincare and, you know, beauty products. I'm from the UK. So there's like a very famous pharmacy in the UK called Boots. And like going to Boots on a Saturday and going to the makeup counters and coming home with like a bag full of stuff from Boots was like the thing I love to do the most. But it wasn't until I started really traveling for my job in fashion that I really fell in love with skincare. I worked in Korea for a long time. So I would go to Seoul every 12 weeks for nine years. And while I was going there, you know, I was so blown away by beauty and the, the, the treatments that you could get over there, but also the skincare, obviously. I would bring home, you know, sheet masks to all my friends in like 2009 and people would be like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is so insane looking. What are you doing to me? And But I really fell in love with skincare and, and decided to retrain. I went to beauty school alongside working in fashion. And then, you know, that was a hectic few years where I started a little skincare studio. I rented a table from a massage therapist for evenings and weekends while I wasn't working in fashion. And I would see my friends. They would tell their friends about it and then their friends would bring in like random people I had no idea who was recommended to and, and it got <laughs> to this point where I was like okay I need to make a, a decision whether I'm staying in fashion or am I working in skincare so I opened up my book and just put it online and thought to myself if I can book 35 appointments next month I'm gonna quit my job and I booked something like 86 so wow I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to quit my high paying, very high level accessories job and I'm going to go and do this on my own. And my husband's like, oh, my God, you're a psycho. <laughs> I hate you. You yeah. know, we'd like just bought an apartment and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go and do freelance and, and do facials. But I did it. And at the same time, I took a job with um, a dermatologist. And I think that was really my first foray into problematic skin. I'm working in a med spa. I do more advanced treatments. So things, anything except injectables. And I can work under the direction of a doctor on my license within New York. So that might be laser. It might be microneedling. It might be, you know, these more RX chemical peels. But that was really kind of the first time I'd seen people with, you know, problematic skin, whether it's grade four yeah. cystic acne or papular rosacea, like people who didn't have the confidence to come into a, just a normal skincare studio, but, you know, were being cared for under the direction of a doctor. So, so for me, yeah. that was kind of like a light bulb moment. I was like, well, these people are really, you know, they're not confident enough to go for a regular facial. How can I provide this service for those people? So, that was kind of the first light bulb moment where I was like, this is a gray area within the market that's not being catered to. There's plenty of places to go for a facial in New York and they're all amazing. You know, you can go to yeah. Rescue Spa, get a beautiful massage in this gorgeous like spa-like studio or you can go to Joanna Vargas, Joanna Check. All these people are amazing. 
But I really wanted to focus on people who didn't have the confidence to go in for a regular facial, a regular massage. I wanted to, you know, provide a results-driven facial for these people. And that's kind of how I started being known for that problematic skin. Yeah. I read that also you were talking about how you did do some moonlighting at a spa, like a proper aesthetics place. And you were kind of just like, wait, this is what they do. Like they kind of gave the same facial to the, every single person who came through the door. Right. Right. So like that is kind of how all the old school training happened. Right. Right. And I think there's, you know, I understand like if somebody comes to a, a studio, for instance, and they're like, okay, there's a name above the door. Every facial that will be provided within that studio has been trained. You know, whoever is providing it has been trained by that person. That's great. That's mm -hmm. a perfect concept. But mine is a little different. I want to provide that service to the person who's coming in through the door. What do they need on that day of treatment? I'll mm -hmm. often get people email me and say, okay, what treatment should I choose? I'm like, come in for a deep clean. We can make that deep clean, whatever it needs to be. You know, what are you suffering with? Are you dehydrated? Have you got breakouts? Are you sensitive? Are you dry? Are you oily? All these things you have to take into consideration when providing a service to somebody. So, so whenever I see my clients, it's not like they book time with me more than a particular treatment, which I think is, is important. That makes yeah. sense because you're the expert, right? So you can sort of diagnose what it is they need once you see their skin. I think that just improving skin is my passion. It's not about giving like a massage, like a relaxing massage and a really like experiential thing in my studio. I've got the radio on. You're coming down, you're laying down. I'm talking to you throughout your whole treatment. I might want to see you back in four weeks. I might want to see you back in two weeks, depending on what's going on with your skin. But the idea is that I'm improving it to be to the point where you don't have to be wearing three inches of makeup every day. I don't want you to think that you have to use these filters online, you know, like your in real life face will be enough. So I'm trying to always install that in people yeah. like the Internet isn't real. <laughs> yeah. So, Sophie, I think it's one thing to have like these people and clients come in and you can assess them in real time and have, you know, these chats with them and, and like really in-depth assessments of their skin. But what blew me away was that during COVID and during the pandemic, you totally pivoted and you did pretty much all of these consults online and your before and afters are just like, you know, they speak for themselves, frankly. So how did you sort of get to that point where you could do that life changing before yeah. and after moment? But you've never met these people. Well, I'll always, you know, I'll credit my husband with this because I remember the day that we got the call that we had to shut down in New York and we'd actually closed the studio maybe five days before we had that official notice. And I remember just being thinking, you know, this is going to be two weeks. I remember the one girl that works for me and we sat down and we're like, oh my God, we're going to have to reschedule like two weeks worth of clients. How are we going to do that? You know, <laughs> like now I'm just laughing about yeah. that. But I sat there and I was drinking wine with my husband being like, well, it looks like I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to work again, you know, and it was scary. And I, you know, I had a six month old at the time. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And he was like, you need to take this online. How do you reach people and talk to them and get them to where they want to be while not touching them? And I was like, oh my gosh, there's something in that. Like, what is it? So I started offering these online consults and it was kind of like just the perfect timing. It was a moment in time. Everybody was using Zoom. Nobody was leaving the house. They had all this time to dedicate to themselves in terms of their skincare. So I started taking online consults. I would send them products or product recommendations and I would check in with them. And I think that is a huge part of my job 
It's not just giving them the advice and saying, see, yeah, good luck with that. Take care. Everything needs adjustment. So, you know, I, I would have this initial setup, give them their products. Within two to three weeks, I would want a checkup. Baseline photos would be taken before I would send them their products. And then I would be like, how's your skin feeling? Does it feel dry? Does it feel sensitized? How can we adjust that routine to make it work for you? And I think holding hands with that client and giving them that, that kind of accountability is really important for my job because we're all very susceptible to marketing and, you know, trying one thing. If it doesn't work within a week, we want to try something else. If it doesn't work for, you know, we might add something in. I, I always explain to people, it's like a recipe. If you keep on adding too many ingredients into a core recipe, it's not going to taste the same as it is, you know, if you stick to the recipe. It's the same thing with skincare. Like I, I always tell people it takes around 12 to 16 weeks to really see a difference, especially on an acne clearing routine. And that might take some adjustment. But ultimately, I, I think that accountability and, and staying in touch with me is what makes it successful. And you're still doing these, right, to this day. So let's just unpack it a little bit. So somebody, you know, you have your vir virtual consultation. Or typically, I would imagine people are coming with like all the products and they want to show you what they're using. Right. Right. Is it like a show and tell and you're like, been that, yeah. get rid of that? So a lot of the time I will give, so say, say somebody comes to me and they say, okay, I've got acne. For me, mm -hmm. finding out that particular type of acne is really important. So there are so many different types of acne. There's inflamed acne, there's non-inflamed acne, there's papular rosacea, which kind of looks like acne, but it's actually a form of rosacea. You have a dry skin, you have an oily skin, you have a combination skin. All these things I take into accountability when treating your acne. There's not one path like yeah. proactive works for some people, but it doesn't work for the others. And there's reasoning behind that. You know, it's you have to really take into consideration the person, their lifestyle factors, where they work, if they're really stressed, if they live in Miami versus New York, what foods they eat, what supplements they take. It needs to be a 360 approach. And I think a lot of the time that consult is actually a little bit of detective work, you know? Mm -hmm. What is the root cause of this acne breakout and how do we kind of attack it from all sides? So that's kind of what I'm doing when I first meet somebody. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, I will give them a brand new routine and kind of say, okay, put everything you're using right now in the fridge. Let's just keep that <laughs> there for a minute and give me 12 to 16 weeks. And then I'll send them products and put them on a really boring um, skincare line. But that's kind of my <laughs> toolkit, you know? That toolkit yeah. for me is like, okay, I can move those products around in different orders and different routines to kind of get you to where you want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned all those factors, but how much of it is just hereditary, you know, that we can't control? Can you actually cure acne or no? just put keep it at bay? Absolutely. So that's the first thing I tell everybody is acne is not curable, it's maintainable. Foundationally, I think, and I, I believe this personally, is that all acne has a foundation of an overshedding of skin cells. That's genetic. And that is something that affects 40% of the population. This overshedding of skin cells carries through families. And it doesn't mean that doesn't break you out, but it sets the wheels in motion for other things to go wrong. You know, three things have to align for you to get a breakout. That's number one. That's consistent. That's how your skin works. The second thing is oil production. Now, oil production is very influenced by our environment, the foods we eat, the stress levels we have, if we have a period, whether we're on birth control. When oil production goes into a pore that isn't correctly exfoliated and that, you know has a lot of dead skin cell buildup within it, that pore, dead skin cells and oil combine within that pore and causes a sticky plug. That won't break you out. Well, that is essentially is actually non-inflamed acne. You know, when you get a closed comedone, you get that pebbly texture on the skin. What really breaks you out and causes inflamed acne is C. acnes bacteria. And everybody has some level of it on their skin. 
but it affects people more with that sticky, you know, those two two, uh, strikes beforehand because they have a food Mm. source for it. Dead skin and oil is its favorite thing to eat. Bacteria gets in the pore, it breeds, it causes inflammation, infection, and therefore you get a breakout. And when you go to the dermatologist, what they usually do is focus on strike two and three. They try and bring down your oil production with things like birth control, spironolactone, Accutane, or they put you on low-dose antibiotics to kill the bacteria, things like clindamycin and doxycycline. And it works because it breaks that cycle. But ultimately, if you don't focus on the first strike, which is exfoliation and getting rid of those dead skin cells, you'll never catch it, you know? It's easier to it's easier to focus on a consistent more than a variable, which is bacteria and oil, in my opinion. So that's how I work. Jumping in to share some love for one of our show partners, Etitude. So I first fell in love with bamboo sheets about a decade ago now. I was staying at an Airbnb in Texas with all of my friends. We arrived late one night. We all kind of went to our respective rooms. We crashed. The next morning we woke up and everybody was like, what are these magic soft sheets that we're sleeping in? We asked the host and she told us that they're a bamboo. We all ordered them to our respective homes. And that's when we realized that bamboo is better in bed. And I was actually really excited to discover Etitude, our show partner this week, because they've really leveled up the entire bamboo bedding experience. First of all, they're made from the world's first clean bamboo fabric. And Etitude's selection of bedding, it's silky soft and it gets softer with each and every wash. I have to say that's the biggest difference between Etitude and that brand I tried many moons ago. These are just on a different level. Like they're way more luxurious. They're almost like you would find them at a five-star hotel. I really love bamboo because they're a cooler way to sleep. It's breathable, moisture wicking, and hypoallergenic. And attitude sheets keep you comfortable all night long. They're softer than silk, as sustainable as hemp, and use 500 times less water than cotton sheets. Exciting news for our listeners. We have an exclusive promo code to try Attitude for yourself. Right now, you can get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you visit attitude.com slash beauty. It's spelled E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash beauty. This is Attitude's best offer, but don't wait. It's only for a limited time. Order today for free shipping and 20% off your order at attitude.com slash beauty. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Kara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. We're the co-hosts of the Puberty Podcast. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. We know you've done a ton of these like assessments. People have done show and tell with you. You know, they're describing everything that's going on with their life. You're practically a therapist probably in many ways. But what would you say is the number one habit that people are doing or not doing at home that's leading to this, you know, problem skin inflammation breakouts? We're either not doing enough exfoliation or doing too much. And I think Mm. what's really important to remember when you're treating acne is 
as well as exfoliating, you also have to nourish the skin and make sure it's comfortable. And that's like the biggest part of my job is like, okay, how do we nourish and keep the skin barrier comfortable while we're using these active products? That is key. And and again, like, I don't think people really understand a lot of the time they'll have like a purifying face wash, salicylic toner. I'm trying to, I'm like throwing things out there now. A glycolic serum, you know, a retinol in the evening. And then the doxycycline topical. And I'm like, oh my God, you're like exfoliating six times a day. A lot of the time people will be so stripped by the time they come to see me that their skin is like almost it's got breakouts because the barrier is compromised as well as, as the acne, which is is happening as well. So so I think, yeah, we're, we're either doing too little or too much all the time. Mm-hmm. Makeup is a huge thing as well. People are wearing way too much makeup. Makeup is really comedogenic, even if it is considered acne safe with, uh, you know, non-pore clogging ingredients. The very nature of makeup, it sits in your pores. So so I think if you're using that all day, every day, that can be a massive factor within um, breakouts making sure you wash your face before you go to bed, sleeping on a clean pillowcase. Fragrance-free laundry detergent is really helpful. A lot of of essential oils in a lot of detergents and that can break you out too. So there's lots of things that can affect your acne. And so what would be like a basic routine, you know, a baseline routine that you would recommend to most people to get started with dealing with acne? Like are there certain steps or products that you recommend time and time again how many steps, that kind of thing. Okay. I think the first thing people have to figure out before that I can answer that question is what type of acne they have, what type Mm. of skin they have as well. So those two things are really crucial. If you have a drier skin type, chances are you can deal with more exfoliation than somebody who's really oily. And that sounds opposite, but you probably have more dead skin cells buildup. Inflamed acne responds really well to chemical exfoliation. Physical exfoliation, I reserve more for people with non-inflamed acne who have more of a dead skin cell buildup where there isn't that much irritation on the skin. That physical motion of scrubbing away, you know, like that can be really irritating for somebody with massively inflamed skin. So, so I think there's like little nuances with it. The idea is as well is like short contact application is really helpful if you're super sensitive. So benzoyl peroxide, for instance, is an old school acne treatment. Everyone's always like benzoyl peroxide. What are you doing? Like you're, you're putting me on a benzoyl. I'm like, yes, love it for acne. I think it's really great. But it's irritating. So if you were if you were drier or if you were more on the sensitive side, I would tell you to use a benzoyl peroxide as a short contact application. What that means mm-hmm. is as a face mask or as a cleanser. Panoxyl is like a really great example. You put it on, cleanse the skin, leave it on for a minute, wash it off, moisturize, and you're good to go. You've had that kiss of benzoyl peroxide, but without it being massively irritating if you were wearing it overnight. So that's a great example. Honestly, Sophie, that's such a great tip because... What we often hear is that with cleansers, they're like, what's the point of there being any type of active ingredient in it because you just wash it off? So I've honestly never heard that before. And that makes all kinds of sense. If you're sensitive, look for short contact application active. So, So yes, a face mask is great. A cleanser is really great. In terms of acids, I love salicylic acid is great, but it's good for people who are oilier. If you're an oilier skin type and you have inflamed acne, salicylic's great. It's anti-inflammatory. It's going to get in those pores, give it a good clean, and and really be anti-inflammatory to that too. Rosacea as well. Salicylic acid, amazing. Really helps bring down that irritation. You know, I, I love mandelics. I love glycolics. AHAs dissolve the bonds between dead skin and healthy skin underneath. So, you know, we want to help your body get rid of those dead skin cells. Because when they're out of the pore, 
the oil has somewhere to go and the bacteria doesn't have a food source. So it takes a second, but once you've adjusted it, that's how you maintain your acne. And what about, you know, you were saying you need to kind of identify the type of acne you have. Now, I think uh, probably a lot of people that come to you say they have hormonal acne. It's just like the giant painful cyst. I get it on my chin. It's hell. So it's like the hardest to get rid of, of course, as well. So what kind of steps would you recommend for somebody on that who's experiencing that? Yeah, I go, I always refer back to not everybody who has a period has a breakout. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say to discredit a hormonal breakout at all. I totally understand it. And I think it's it's a nightmare for people, you know, two weeks before their period, they get this monster zit and they're like, oh my God, what do I do? But ultimately, if we're putting you on the correct routine to keep your skin exfoliated, at some point, that oil production, which rises because of the rise in hormones, isn't going to affect you as much. So hormonal acne, yes, it exists, but it's not the hormones causing the acne. It's the oil production that hormone is producing. Does that make sense? And I think I ultimately look at it in the same way that I would look at, you know, a teenage boy being, you know, with his testosterone levels all over the place, being on that kind of same routine. You know, it's about finding the routine that really helps manage that oil production within your cycle. Yeah, I think a lot of people just that takes a minute, though, to get the thing. And a lot of people are like, whatever, I'll just do Accutane. Like, I know people that have done Accutane two and three times. I just think, like, how can that be good? Anyway, I mean, no judgment, but... Of course, and and I always preface before I talk about medication that I'm not yeah. medically trained, you know, and, I, and yeah, like, yeah. I'm like i not, it's out of my scope of practice to diagnose and, and to mm-hmm. recommend medication. But with Accutane, I think it's really important to know the facts about it. I don't mm-hmm. think people understand um, what Accutane is, you know, it's not mm-hmm. for the faint hearted. It's really intense. And ultimately what it does in layman's terms is reduce permanently the way that your oil production works within your body. What I find a lot of is if I'm working with clients who've done a lot of rounds of Accutane, they're dry as a bone and they're so depleted of oil production within their body. Remember what I was talking about. It's not about oil production. It's about dead skin production. Even if you've done Accutane and you've taken away that oil aspect, you're still producing those dead skin cells faster than somebody who isn't predisposed to acne. So mm-hmm. you're always going to have to exfoliate. That is the key to keeping it under control. Yeah. And at some point when you get older, you're going to want some oil. That's what I say. <laughs> I could tell you as someone yep. in, your, in oh my, my 40s, you know. I, I had two babies and every time I was pregnant, my skin was gorgeous because I'm really dry. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my skin's so oily. I love it. Like I was really into it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, oil is good. Oil is good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious how you feel about spot treatments because I think that's a very, it seems very appealing to people to be like, I'll just put this on this one spot and, yes. you know, get really targeted and there's the stickers and all that. So what are kind of the do's and don'ts around that? Oh my gosh, I feel like you're going to tell me, I, I'm like telling you Santa's not real. I don't like spot treatments. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is if you spot treat in one area, it's like playing whack-a-mole. Once mm-hmm. you've spot treated in that place, you're going to get another one here. Then you spot treat here and you get another one here. I like to treat the whole face. Once we've mm-hmm. got to the point where you're maintaining, that to me is like, okay, uh, if you have a random breakout here and there, then you can spot treat. But if somebody I'm working with full time from the get go, I'm like, don't spot treat until we've got everything under control. Pimple mm-hmm. patches are great. But for me, I like people to use pimple patches if they are running the risk of picking. 
it can be like a good deterrent for people who like to mess with their skin <laughs> to like mm-hmm. put a little pimple patch over it. I'm like, okay, fine, you can use them. But no active ingredients because it can kind of push things deeper. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like not a fan of spot treating. Wow. So much to cover here. What about extractions? Like how are you a fan or? That's what I do all day, every day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love extractions. It's my favorite yeah. thing to do. But DIY extractions, on the other hand, can be problematic. I have a rule when it comes to extractions in the studio um, with my estheticians and, and myself is like, if you go three times for it and it's not coming out, it's not ready. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're trained to know if something's ready, really. And and like that, I, I really put that into context because I can kind of tell if it's ready or not. I have a lot of clients who really love to go in on it and really have a good dig around a really great way and a great tip to kind of disable yourself before you decide that you want to do an extraction is to use Q-tips. I'll tell somebody you can use two Q-tips. You can dip them in something like witch hazel or, you know, a toner of some sort. And you can try and extract one way, one way mm-hmm. and one way. And if it doesn't come out in three goes, it's not ready. And, you know, it, cystic stuff, you got to be really careful with it. You know, you don't want to... Like what you have to remember is hyperpigmentation comes from trauma. And if you're really squeezing and really pushing, those pigment cells within your skin are just going to create pigment to protect itself. Melanin and, and pigmentation is like a protective response to the skin. So, so yeah, so some people will be like, oh, well, I have a dark mark here from a pimple. I'm like, well, did you wear sunscreen or did you squeeze it? Because a lot of the time it's because you haven't worn enough sunscreen over it and that area has been inflamed. And as a result, your skin's made melanin as a protective uh, barrier to that area or you've squeezed the death out of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and that, that's not true for everybody, but a lot of the time that's true. So, so yeah, it's really important not to mess with it too much, I think. Kind of yeah. let it go where, it, you know, let it heal on its own. Yeah. yeah. But what about blackheads? Like what's your trick for that at home? So salicylic acid is really good for mm-hmm. blackheads. The the different, as you know, the difference of BHAs and AHAs, BHAs dissolve and really give a good deep clean within the pores. It's oil soluble. So it really gets in the skin. AHAs dissolve the bonds between dead skin and healthy skin on the surface. So salicylic is really great for giving the pores a good deep clean. And then a regular facial, you know, go and mm-hmm. get somebody to give you your extractions. Like even if you do it every season, if you hit it in spring, summer, fall and winter, You can make the skincare adjustments that you need. It doesn't have to be a monthly thing, you know, and I think that really helps. This episode is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. Raise your hand if you're lazy slash busy. I see you. We like to look good. We like the finer things and we need it now. Case in point, I love a green juice moment in the morning, but do I have time for a blender? No. Do I have time for the cleanup? Immediately no. Thank Goddess for Athletic Greens, AG1. It's a powder blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens like zinc, vitamin C. I just throw one scoop into a glass of water, stir it up, and boom, I'm supporting my gut health, my nervous system, immune system, my energy, recovery, focus, even aging. Plus, it's vegan, paleo, dairy-free, gluten-free, and low-carb. It's got this light tropical taste to it. It's not too sweet. And personally, I love to have mine in the morning on ice. It's such a part of my daily routine that I like to bring the travel packs with me whenever I go away now. There's a reason why Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes. 
And with every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com beauty. Again, that's athleticgreens.com beauty to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And a lot of what you do must be just getting back to what you were talking about scarring, because I think that's definitely a part of, you know, pretty much everyone's journey at some point there's going to be. And then there's, like you said, there's the difference between hyperpigmentation and then deep scarring and picking or what have you. So what are some of the courses of action that you would take at the, you know, at the spa or in the studio? And what could people try at home for that? I love love this question. I love advanced treatments. It's like, I think I, I love to clear people's uh, acne. I think that's like one of my biggest passions because seeing people's confidence change is really special. You know, I worked in product for so long. So having that human connection with someone and being like, okay, I'm going to make this better for you is like so special. You know, when I can take them, when they're maintaining their breakouts and they're at a point where they feel like really confident and, and really knowledgeable with their skincare, I'm like, okay, now we can work on texture and scarring. When they come back bitching about their pores uh, now. Yeah, but now- <laughs> Now they're bitching about their pores. I'm like, come on, give me a break. Like, what am I supposed to do? Okay, so there's two types of scarring. There's textural and there's pigmentation. We treat them in very different ways. Pigmentation is actually relatively easy to solve. Whether we're doing peels or laser, pigmentation is like, whatever. I can deal with that, no problem. It's the textural scarring, which is the hard stuff. And truly a challenge and and actually one of my biggest passions. So there's lots of different ways that we can target acne scarring. There's three types traditionally of textural scarring. There's ice pick scarring, there's boxcar scarring, and there's rolling scarring. These are all different textural changes to the skin where the structure of the skin has been compromised from this infection, which is acne. So So depending on the depth and the severity of them, we can really make a difference these days. We have lots of different things. Microneedling is a really great way that we can encourage collagen production within the skin. If you add a little PRP to it, it really ramps up the results. PRP is platelet-rich plasma. So we take a blood draw and we separate that blood into plasma and a red blood cell. And we inject microneedle the plasma into the skin. It's sending white blood cells directly to that area, which is going to help in healing and and collagen building. A Fraxel laser is really wonderful for resurfacing. I'm sure you've heard of Fraxel. For really severe acne scarring, CO2 laser is really cool. And, you know, these things have a lot of downtime. So I don't provide CO2 laser. That's like out of my, my, what do you call it? My wheelhouse. But I can definitely refer people for that if we need to. Clear and brilliant even. If you have like just very minimal textural scarring, a few rounds of clear and brilliant can really help. I don't know if you've ever had that done. I love that laser. No, I've heard lots of good things about it. So is that, is that a cold laser? No, it's a hot laser. It, it's a fractional laser and it creates microchannels in the skin. It's very similar in methodology to microneedling. You're creating an injury to the skin 
to encourage collagen production. There's two wavelengths. You do like a deeper one or you can do a lighter one for pigmentation, which is Pamea handpiece. So there's some really cool things. There's also a really great technique that I've just started working with called TCA Cross is where we use um, a very strong acid and you put it directly in the center of like a depression acne scar. So whether it's an ice pick or a box car Hmm. scar, that creates a superficial wound and pulls the edges together on that scar. It's really cool. Whoa. But you run the risk of pigmentation with it. So it's kind of like you do with the one hand and do with the other one, right? So, but pigmentation is easier to solve. So I'm like, okay, let's get the texture right and then we'll figure out the pigmentation. I'm not sure what you mean by boxcar scar. I I don't know if I've heard that term before. Is like a really deep depression. You know what's a really great example of a boxcar scar is a chicken pox scar. Have you ever seen a chicken pox? It has like a very definite edge around it. Yeah, I have one like right on my... Right there. I have one on my yeah. head and actually I've been testing the TCA cross technique on it. It's really cool. But it's 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 like a, a scar with a definite edge. An I ice see. pick scar is like almost like a hole. And then a yeah. rolling scar is more like the overall texture of the skin could be compromised yeah. too. Yeah, that one's like the probably the least severe. Yeah, that one, one is. Yeah. yeah, the really deep ones are the hard ones to, to deal yeah. with. But we can definitely yeah. improve them for sure. Are there any products or tools you can use at home if you can't, if it's not in your budget to go in for professional treatments? Right. I'm always very nervous of home microneedling systems just because I think that there's two factors that can really compromise the treatment. Number one is the sharpness of needles. If you're consistently using a roller, that is going to blunt those needles and it's going to start dragging through your skin. That's scary to me. I always use a brand new like surgical steel needle uh, cartridge whenever I'm using a microneedling. So I, I get concerned about those home rollers. The second one is is cleanliness. You know, you, you want to be scrupulously clean. And the idea of washing a needle and then putting it away and putting it back in your skin really scares me. I think LED is a really great device for people if they suffer with inflamed acne, especially it brings down the inflammation in the skin, the blue light in say a saluma panel can really help kill bacteria you know mm-hmm. so those things I think are really great but in terms of devices yeah like microneedling I'm like save up your money and go in when you can you know I'm very aware right. of people's budgets as well but make sure you go into someone who really knows what they're doing as well yeah mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. I actually find the Dr. Dennis Gross the face mask the yeah. face wear mask because it's blue and red mm-hmm. light For someone who has adult acne like myself. And I find it really brings down redness too, because I'm also predisposed to rosacea. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, my Irish parents. (laughs) But you have a very you have a very similar skin tone to me. (laughs) I'm Welsh, so like we we have an affiliation. Yeah. I'm basically rusting as I get older. But anyway. Um, I do find that it it helps a lot with like just bringing down that inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. They're really helpful. Cool. I want to ask you about something that we get asked about a ton in our Facebook chat room. And and to be honest with you, I don't think we really have a lot of experience with. So I really want to get your take on this. Having worked at a med spa, we get asked all the time about these med spa retail brands. Like, is it Obagi? I think it yes, is. Maybe Obagi. I'm not saying like that IS right. Clinical and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as ZO skincare revision and elastin. People ask us about this all the time. They want to know, are they more effective than regular retail brands like that you might find at Sephora? What's the difference? Are they worth the big bucks? What's your take? All right. So I've worked 
just from the ones that you've talked about with Elastin, Zio, Obagi. Zio is actually the same. There was like a big family drama between Obagi and then Zio Obagi. Like mm. Zio is Zain Obagi. So the, it was like very fam. It was like a very family thing. And then it split into two brands. I don't know what the tea oh. is on that, but that's just a, a little tidbit. I like all of these brands. I actually, we actually retail is clinical within our studio. And I, I use a lot of their back bar in my, in my treatments. What I look for in a brand is clinical trials. Because I think you can't hide behind something without a clinical trial, you know? Like, if, if you're telling me that this is what your product does and you have a clinical trial behind it, then it does what it says on the tin, you know? I think that's the difference. If it has clinicals behind it, I'm more inclined to purchase it than someone who's just telling me that this is going to reduce redness without a trial. Does that make sense? Yes. Elastin is really great post-procedure. I like it, but but it's not something where I'd be like, oh my gosh, you should use this over something in Sephora. I think I think... The medical aspect of it, I think, is really over-touted. Like these medical-grade mm-hmm. skincare. It's not real for me. For me, it's like, do you have clinicals behind it? Can you prove this is what's happening? Right. Yeah. You know? So an IS clinical is one that you yes. obviously have I, I love. done the research and yeah. checked it out. And you're like, yeah, yeah legit. They're very okay. easy to use as well. I think sometimes these systems can be really complicated and, you know, you're expected to purchase 12 to 15 products to have a routine with someone. If that's the case, I'm always like, that's too complicated. Do you really want to do that? With this clinical, they have like very proprietary serums and they're like, these are the things that they do. Pick two, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. very, it's easy to use, which I like. Okay, I want to touch also on your opinion on Derm Prescribed RX Solution. You touched on them a little bit earlier. Like it could be something you take internally, like an RX, like a spiral actone. I see a lot of people talk about that in Facebook Mm -hmm. groups and stuff. They get off birth control. They don't know what to do. Their derm gets them on that. And I think as far as I know, it's a blood pressure medication. Typically, it's diuretic. So that's the first part. And I also want your take on just like prescription retinoids and whether or not they're necessary or worth it. Okay. Again, I'm going to preface this conversation by saying I am not a medical practitioner. I can't diagnose people. Mm-hmm. It's totally out of my scope of practice, but I do know a little bit about these medications just from a facialist mm-hmm. perspective. Spironolactone right. is often prescribed to reduce the effects of testosterone as in oil production within the skin. It's also, I think, prescribed a lot of the time for hair loss. And I think that must be something to do with the testosterone aspect to it as well. Here's a huge fact that I always emphasize with people. It always happens to be around like people who are around 25 to 28. They've been on birth control since they were 15. And then they come to me and they're like, I have adult acne. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm on spironolactone. I was like, well, you've probably always been predisposed to this, but your birth control hid it for so many years from you. Mm -hmm. It kept your hormones on a really even keel and now you're suffering with it. So I'm always a little bit hesitant when people come in on Spyro. I'm like, you should give Mm -hmm. yourself just time to adjust on this. Put yourself on a skincare routine to see if that's enough without taking it, you know? Again, not a doctor, can't suggest that to people, but that's just like a philosophy of mine, you know? The second thing about tretinoins and retinols and retinase and all that is, yes, tretinoins are really amazing. Retinols are great. But just remember what retinols do. And retinols, and a lot of people don't understand how retinol is a direct message to your skin to work faster. It puts your skin on a treadmill, right? So you're running around, your skin's working faster. It's producing a lot more dead skin cells. If you are not exfoliating those dead skin cells away, 
It's like throwing gas on a barbecue if you have this overshedding of skin cells in place first. Another thing to consider is that a lot of these retinols are actually formulated for aging skin. They're prescribed for wrinkles. As a result, they might be in a shea butter base to kind of buffer that strength of the retinol. Shea butter is wildly comedogenic. So if you put that on a skin that's predisposed to acne, it's going to cause even more acne. So so always think about looking for medications that are more centered towards people with breakouts as opposed to people with wrinkles. Things mm-hmm. like, and again, not prescribed, like directing people, but have a look at things like, there's one called Altrena, which is really good. Cleef is another one. They're in gel-based formulas, so they're just more kind to people with acne breakouts. I wanted to ask you about SPF because you mentioned how important that is. But I think people who do have a lot of oily skin and breakouts are also wary about what's going to clog them. So like, is are there a couple of go-tos that you'd recommend more specifically? Yeah, I really like AlterMD for people who are breaking out. It's non-comedogenic. It's non-irritating. And um, there's a couple of formulas, but like their Shia one is my favorite for, for people who are breaking out. You want to look for things with non-comedogenic ingredients. And, and mm-hmm. there's so many out there right now. The Asian skin um, SPF formulas are really great for acne-prone skin because they're gel-based. And unfortunately, the FDA has still got a lot of um, ingredients that just aren't, they're they're very slow on like approving uh, SPF standards in this country Um, and Europe, Europe, actually. But the Asian SPFs can be really uh, amazing. There's like Nivea. Have you ever tried the Nivea water gel from Korea? No, but I need to because I saw you recommend this before. It's like a water-based serum. It's beautiful. There's some really beautiful formulations out of Korea and Japan. So yeah, that could be something to think about as well. They're lighter on the skin. Yeah. Have you tried the Biore one? Yes. Beautiful. That that one's a really good one for a drugstore price point. And that's very similar to the Nivea one too. Mm -hmm. Okay. And can you say again the name of the the Elta one that you like? Because there are so many different ones. Elta MD UV Clear Broad Spectrum Sunscreen SPF 46. That's what we like. Anything around that kind of number is really nice. Right. What do you think of the Glossier one? I love the Glossier one. Yeah. I really like it. And again, that gel formula, it feels very lightweight Mm -hmm. on the skin. It dries down really nicely. I really like that sunscreen. Yeah. Now, one thing that I want to ask you just before uh, we move on to our last question is just about the protocols for um, different skin tones. Because Mm -hmm. I know that women who have a darker skin tone, they tend to have more scarring. They tend to often struggle with oilier skin oftentimes. So, I'm just curious from your point of view, is the regimen across the board sort of similar in terms of that like boring skincare routine you would recommend for at home? Yes, but I think it's really, that's a great point. And I think it's really important to go to a provider who has experience with multiple skin tones. You know, like a skin tone is uh, registered between Fitzpatrick scale. So like yeah. someone like me, I'm like white as the driven snow. I'm like a one or a two, but if you had like a really melanated skin, you would be around a four or a five. So, mm-hmm. so yes, taking that into consideration comes into that skin type conversation we were talking about. You have to, you know, darker skin tones are actually extremely sensitive and you have to really take that into consideration. So if I was working with somebody who was say a Fitzpatrick three to five, 
I would go much more gentle with their routine in terms of acne oh, solving before I would really ramp it up. Benzoyl peroxide, for instance, if it can cause hyperpigmentation on darker skin types. So you have to be super careful with it. I would never put them on anything past like a 2.5% benzoyl, you know? Hydration is also massive. So so yeah, it, it again, it's like nourishing that skin type and making sure it's comfortable while slowly introducing these active ingredients and, and just being really protective over the skin is really important for sure. And I would say that for home care as well. You know, if you have a darker skin type, pigmentation, yes, is really important. Sometimes SPF can be like the least of your concerns because you're not going to burn. But actually, it's even more important for you to wear it because we have to protect your pigmentation capabilities. You just have to look at the sun and you get hyperpigmentation on a breakout. Mm. So so mm-hmm. SPF is imperative. Mm-hmm. Such a good point. Yeah. Now, we need to get, I think, one drugstore product from you. We've talked about the clinical stuff okay. just before we go. All right. My favorite cleanser and my husband to this day still uses this is Neutrogena Naturals Purifying Face Wash. It's a 2% oh. salicylic cleanser. It's super gentle. It's awesome. That's my go-to drugstore cleanser for somebody with acne, inflamed acne. Wow. Okay. Never yeah. heard that before. Never tried it, but going to buy it this afternoon. What about a moisturizer? <laughs> Moisturizer. Oh my gosh. So on that like acne tip, if we were like continuing with acne, like the Hydro Boost line from Neutrogena is really great. It's really gel-like, really light. But you know, if you wanted something really bland and really boring, CeraVe PM is a really great one too. It has like a kiss of niacinamide in it, but it's really gentle. It's not going to break you out. It's not comedogenic. Those two moisturizers. There you go. I gave you two. Well, we can't let you go without asking. Uh, Little Birdie told us that you're working on your own product line. Mm. This is amazing news. And if your merch is any indication, it's going to be mad cool. So what can you tell us at this point? So excited. Yeah, we've been working on a skincare line. You know, I I always recommend these products to people for acne. And then I'm like, well, why can't I recommend my products? Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I think the line is going to be, it's grown up acne solutions for people. I want it to be something that people will be excited to have on their top shelf. Let's just put Mm -hmm. it that way. So it's Mm -hmm. launching early next year. Um, And yeah, watch this space. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Thank you I'll so be much. Watching. For sure. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you, I'm thank you excited. so much. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. It was so lovely to chat with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. Cherry bomb, you are the cherry bomb.